Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN SC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined in the studio by Shaka Hislop and Stevie Nicker. We'll kick things off with that thriller at St. James's Park. What a match this turned out to be. Uh, Newcastle, of course, had a 2-1 lead uh, for much of the game, but then Kevin De Bruyne was introduced. The Belgium international coming back from injury, scoring the second, setting up Oscar Bob for a brilliant third that would see Manchester City take all three points and thus close the gap on Liverpool at the top of the table now to just two. Uh, we welcome to the show. Frank LeBeouf uh, joins us. But Steve, I want to start with you. This was some performance from City, wasn't it? Yeah. The way they knocked the ball around, you know, particularly, although they got the goal in the first half, the way they knocked it around with the, with the, with the, the sharpness and the movement and just for probably Alvarez, as much as anybody not having his shooting boots on, you know, Newcastle shouldn't have been in this game. Mm. And, and an incredible last 15, 15 minutes of the first half where they end up walking off 2-1 up. You're, you're scratching your head thinking how this happened because City were just so good with the ball. Second half, City again. Just missing that cutting edge. And, of course, when you've got somebody like De Bruyne, who you can bring on, who, who produces the cutting edge, basically then this is bad news for the rest of the Premier League that not only is De Bruyne back, but they've still got Haaland to come back as well. Uh, Frank, obviously we throw in world-class, you know, willy-nilly, but this was genuinely a world-class performance from Kevin De Bruyne coming off the bench. It was, and uh, the king is back. That's what it is. Uh, he, he showed in uh, a little bit more than 20 minutes how brilliant he can be and how crucial he, he is and uh, he showed it the first with a very big finesse on the on, the, on his goal and uh, what a gift for Bob even Bob, if Bob controls the ball perfectly and and take on the player uh, the goalkeeper um, uh, very well it's how you dispose uh, the ball to others that uh, De Bruyne is an expert of and uh, I, I was absolutely amazed by the fact that after five months being off, he comes back and he's absolutely crucial. Well done, man. <laughs> it's like a new signing in it, yeah? It is, absolutely. You have somebody who can pull these strings like that in, in midfield, it changes everything about who Manchester City are. Now, not only do you have the threat of, of Doku or Grealish if, 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 he, if he plays and, how, and their ability to just run at defenders, the threat of Julian Alvarez or Erling Haaland when they're fit. But somebody like Kevin De Bruyne, who sees passes that no, no one else, no one else sees them, let alone able to execute them. Take us through this, uh, Stevie. Well, he just, he, the ball, he understands where the, where the space is. He understands that Oscar Bob has got pace. He understands that he can get this in behind Trippier and in front of the goalkeeper. But from there, Oscar Bob's touch yeah. around the goalkeeper. You know, for somebody so young and so inexperienced, the maturity and the composure to when he's confronted with the goalkeeper, wait for him to go down, and then the quick feet left onto his right. I mean, it's a sensational finish. The, 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 the most beautiful thing in that pass, De Bruyne is looking the other way. <laughs> De Bruyne is looking somewhere off to his right and clips a ball that if it's... Six inches shorter, Trippier intercepts quite easily. If it's six inches longer, it probably runs out of play. This, as I say, looking the wrong direction. I mean, what, what, what is anybody supposed to do with that? Uh, Frank, you talked about this yesterday, almost the inevitability of Manchester City putting a run together because we're used to it. That's what they've done over recent years. And you just got a feeling from today's showing they're just finding that next gear. Yeah, it's true. It's what I said yesterday because, I mean, it's obvious. We all know, we all know the story. We know that at a certain point they're going to put another gear up and, uh, and they're going to go for it. And, uh, and as Stevie said, you know, it's bad news for the rest of the, of the Premier League. They are, they are getting back into what they are, uh, what they normally are at the best. And, uh, um, well, I think Liverpool can fight with them. I don't see Arsenal being a, a contender. Uh, because they made so many mistakes. The only team we can uh, fight with Manchester City, if, it's, if they are capable of, mm. knowing that they don't have Salah for a while, it's maybe Liverpool. But really, what we saw today, even if we can say something defensively yeah. about Walker, but maybe Diaz on the first goal, 
Walker on the second goal. I mean, he was so sloppy. He thought he could get Gordon. He should have gone for it like maybe 10 years before. But they're so good offensively. There's so much create every, uh, opportunities all the time. They know it's, it's funny that because I recorded the game because I was on stage and I tried to, to, to go a little bit faster. But it's impossible. <laughs> every 10 seconds, you have something happening. It's crazy. Just You have to watch the whole game at the normal time because it's, it's impossible. They are creating, creating, creating. They lose the ball. They get back into it very high on the field. That's Man City at their best. And when it, they're like that, no, nobody can cope with them. But we've seen it before, Stevie, this season. Manchester City do leave the door ajar to yeah. opposition defensively. Obviously, those two goals coming in quick succession. Yeah. What's wrong? I think it's a lot of it is straightforward. I think Diaz and Aki can't take, take pace against them. I, I, I really don't. You know, before City scored the first goal, uh, Diaz, in my opinion, was lucky. Number one, he didn't get a foul against them. And two, he didn't get booked. That was on Gordon, yeah, just saying. He, he completely took Gordon out and made no attempt to try and run back to get the ball. The only thing he was wanting to do was to, to obstruct Gordon, which he did. And for me, the only person on the planet that never thought it was a foul was a referee. Aki is the same on the other side. You know, I, I think teams, when they break at pace, I don't think either two of them can handle it. But how come they've handled it last year? What's changed? Well, well, I think they've, they're starting to figure out that that's their problem. And so when you do that, every defender who's, who, who is worried about pace will take a step back. And it's the worst thing you can do. Because what you're doing is you're giving the man more time and more space. And so, so you're in trouble. I, I think that's the biggest problem they have. They can't deal with it. Kyle Walker has, has genuine pace in that back line. But unfortunately, he's not closing the ball down properly. But I, I think absolutely, if they play Aki uh, and Diaz at centre-back, any team that's got genuine pace up front will give them problems. Do you agree, Frank? Yes, I do. I do. But even if I think that uh, the players are good enough to anticipate uh, what could happen, uh, but again, if you think they're too strong, or if you think that you're going to cop easily cop with uh, with any situation, you're going to be uh, you're going to be caught into your 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 own uh, your own um, sloppiness, and that's what happened. I would say with just maybe on the on the action with Gordon, especially with Walker. So. If they, are, they work together, and I think it's what happened last year, they were compensating the, the, the mistake that the others could make, and they were w working as a unit. If they work individually, defensively, they're going to struggle because of the pace of the, of the striker they're going to face. But uh, yeah, they have to take care of that. I think it's, uh, it's the biggest work that uh, uh, Pep Guardiola has to do with the, with the guys because it's, it's really when they don't have the ball that they, they're in trouble. Uh, we saw five brilliant goals, Shaq, today. Which was the best? Uh, Kevin De Bruyne's. Oh, really? I, I, I thought Kevin De Bruyne's was, was the best. Um, oh, no. I, I, <laughs> for me. I, I, and the, the thing is, De Bruyne picks his ball up and you don't, you don't see any danger, really. Um, he's standing kind of... He's in a lot of space, but he's standing in the middle of the park. And Newcastle have, have, have numbers back and you think, OK, no problem. We cope, cope with that quite simply. And he, he, he just kind of saunters forward 10 yards and then under pressure from Shah, shapes as though he's going to his right and that commits to Bravka. And it goes through the legs of Shah, which makes it more difficult for the goalkeeper. But it just... It, it, the beauty was in the simplest, simplicity. It was just... The purest form of the game that, that you will see by probably the only person in the park who can produce it. The goal, the goal he, store, he scores, when he shapes to shoot, he looks as though he's got his body position in the wrong place. Right. Because he's thrown not only the mm. goalkeeper, but he's thrown me as well. Because I think he's opening up to try and mm. hit that other corner. But he doesn't. He rolls it into to the gap, knows where the defender is, puts it past him. And by that stage, the goalkeeper's never getting across because there's a little bit of pace on the ball. Uh, Frank, you disagree? I do, I do, even if I think that's, uh, that's a pure finesse from, uh, as I said it before, from De Bruyne, but really the, the first Newcastle's goal is a pure beauty. Short tackle is a Premier League tackle. You know, th th that would have been maybe a free kick in France, in Spain or in Italy, but in England, it's what you want to see. 
he's perfect, he's on the ball, nothing to, uh, to, uh, to complain about. And after, the pass from Bruno Guimaraes is exceptional. The guy sees everything, sees before, serves Isaac, and the control of Isaac, the way he turns, and uh, uh, I think it's Walker, and put the ball almost in the top corner, everything is a pure beauty for me. Uh, to be fair, we're splitting hairs. I mean, yeah. Oscar, no. Oscar Bob's finishes fine. Exactly. And Bernardo Silva. Bernardo Silva. Bernardo Silva was outstanding yeah. as well. Yeah, high, high really quality, which Newcastle have been lacking, Shaq. Yeah. Uh, obviously, two good finishes today. Second half, they just look absolutely shot. Yeah. Again, again. Uh, I, again, I, I continue to believe that Newcastle are trending in, in, in the right direction. I think we've been through the worst of, 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 of their issues, of their challenges, and the team is starting to, to find a rhythm again. I think Alexander Izak is absolutely key to that. Of course, especially the fact that Callum Wilson is injured, so even if he goes down, they really have nobody. But... Newcastle are trending. I, I, I said yesterday that I felt while Newcastle are trending in the right direction, this was just a step too far for them. And that's exactly exactly how it proved. Jack, haven't they lost like the last four in a row? They've lost a lot, yeah. So how can you be trending in the right direction if you've lost four they're, in a row? They're playing out, this performance is a whole lot better than anything you saw in December. I, I am just looking at, I'm looking purely at the performances um, from, from Newcastle. And, and I, I, they go on a run now. I, I think in, in the next 12, they've got Villa and Arsenal in there. But the other 10 are games that Newcastle should win the majority of. And, and I, I think as you start to see players coming back and that little run go, gets together, you see Newcastle start to climb the table. No, not enough. I still don't think they finished top four. But I, I think the worst, the worst is beyond them. Yeah. But the performances are much improved. And I think the big difference, again, is that tiredness and the fact that City can, can make a difference off the bench in a way that, certainly right now, Eddie Howe simply has no option to. Give everyone a break for a few days, Stephen, kind of re... Oh, 100%. And then yeah. just go yeah. again. Yeah, no. They, Newcastle, they, <laughs> they just couldn't suck the air in at the end of the game. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really... But the desire and the commitment was there, as Shaq has said. That, that, that's huge. There's definitely a way to lose a game. And if you lose a game the way they did yeah. to City, with putting every single thing in, there's not one Newcastle fan leaving that ground, anything other than proud of the team. Right. They didn't win, but there's nobody complaining. Hey, I don't care who was playing against City, the way they played, they would have got beaten anyway. And of course, all this from City, Frank, without Erling Haaland. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. You know, they don't even need him, <laughs> which is that, that would be worse. But uh, again, I have to go. I have to go with the with the guys about Newcastle. Uh, they did what they had to do. They have nothing to uh, to be to be ashamed of because they they were working very hard. But uh, you play against the best team in the world when they play like that and without Haaland, so it could have been worse. But uh, it could have been worse because the goalkeeper, Newcastle's goalkeeper, made like eight or nine saves. And we didn't talk about that. It could have been dramatic. Newcastle worked very hard. Alan wasn't there. It would have been, it would have been maybe worse. But it is what it is. And Newcastle cannot be ashamed. But Manchester City and especially Pep Guardiola must be very proud of his players. A Cole Palmer penalty in injury time in the first half proved to be enough to give Chelsea a 1-0 victory over Fulham. Uh, that's three wins in a row now for Mauricio Pochettino's side in the Premier League. And it's a victory that lifts them up to eighth in the table, still a long way off Champions League football. So Stevie, for people who didn't watch this game, how would you describe it? I would describe <laughs> them as lucky. <laughs> The people that never watched it. <laughs> that's, what I would do. that's what I would describe as. <laughs> I wish I was one of them. <sighs> yeah, this is the this is same old. I mean, same old, same old. Yeah. Just, just what a frustrating yeah. team to watch. I mean, they can pass the ball around. What, what, what frustrates you the most about it? Well, because you know there's going to be nothing on the end of anything. Right. I mean, you... Yeah. You know, Raheem Sterling, although he was offside, had a chance with a header that he should have put away in his sleep. But he hit the post. And it's not a surprise. Bro had a chance. Put it wide. Isn't you don't you you're watching a team playing knowing there's gonna be nothing on the end of it. And the way they're winning games, it seems as like mistakes by the opposition. 
Like the penalty, for example, as as well taken as the penalty is, I don't. This would have been nil nil, because it's going to be penalties and free kicks. That's how Chelsea are going to win games because they they don't create open chances. They create half chances. Right. They create some opportunities. You're not walking away watching Chelsea ever going, wow, they should have scored two or three. You know, it, it's just the same old, same old, and nothing's changed. Uh, and nothing <laughs> looks like it's changing. Frank, you said you had to keep stopping the City game when you were watching on record. Did you just fast forward this one in five minutes? Bish, bash, bosh. <laughs> <laughs> no, that one I, I watched it live. It was earlier, so... Uh, but really, I don't know. There is something about the games that you have to watch at 1.30 p.m. for me, 12.30 uh, uh, for in England. Uh, those games are not good games. <laughs> and uh, Especially when you see the, the, the tens against the 13s, it doesn't occur of something good, you know, to watch. Uh, really, uh, that was, again, uh, um, an appalling for me performance. Only Palmer gave me hopes that something can, uh, good can come off. Uh, come out from, from a player. But otherwise, uh, again, it's predictable. It's nothing special. They don't create anything. They don't change the pace. Uh, Fulham was better in the first half. I have to say, they had chances. They had, they had, they had the best chances. Um, but again, it's so, it's so slow. It's so much of nothing. Can you imagine that, is that three years ago that Chelsea won the Champions League? against Manchester City and you see the two teams and the differences between the two teams it's like two level of leagues difference that's absolutely crazy what Chelsea lost in three years and what City gained in three years that's that's crazy I don't recognize my club I don't recognize my the the the, the how do you say the character of the of the team that I used to play in and used to see after that that's not what I want to see. I mean, it's an academy team uh, with only Thiago Silva being old uh, and, and mature and experienced, but otherwise, really. But look, yeah, Frank, nothing. three wins in a row. Fulham, Luton Town and Crystal Palace. Giants of the game. Yeah, OK. <laughs> that's, that's, that's normal. That's normal. That's Chelsea, after all, you know. And it's Fulham, with all due respect, Luton Town and Crystal Palace. But what's going to happen, I think it's very soon that they're going to play against Liverpool or they have to go to Liverpool. So we're going to see. But really, it's, it's hard to watch. It's hard to watch because you, of course, you, you, you want them to, to do something well. You support them. Uh, but as a pendant, I, I have the duty to say, that's not good. That's not good enough. It's the same old as, uh, as TV said. You exactly know what's going to happen, which means... They get the ball, they keep the ball. I don't know, they get maybe something special, uh, 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 some sweetness, you know, after, after every hundred passes. But that's <laughs> it. They don't do anything. They, they, it's just, it's like they want to do, the only, the, the only thing they want to do during the whole 90 minutes is to keep the ball and to make it turn. And that's it. it it's, I, I like how Frank blames the time. Yeah. <laughs> Chelsea at a 12.30 kickoff a bit. So the whole problem is all the clocks in Stanford Bridge are broken. <laughs> that's that's, that's all, the problem. The it, it doesn't seem to matter what time we get the same old Chelsea. But it's we just the blink such time. a juxtaposition. And I know there are different levels, different standards to what we saw in the late, late game yeah. to, to this. It, it's a different sport almost. It, 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 really, was, it really was that awful. It, 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 and while, you know, I, I guess from a Chelsea perspective, you're happy, you, you got three points, all of a sudden now you're eighth, you're above the likes of Manchester United and, and, and Newcastle. But, but let's be honest, I mean, I, I, that was as, as bad a game of football as, as you could hope to see. And, the, the, and you, every time you talk about Chelsea, you have to add the context of how much a squad costs to put together. And you, you see absolutely <laughs> nothing about promise about things are turning around at the Pochettino, that they have some kind of an identity. It, it really has, is turning into, let's see who can bore the other to death. And, and um, when the opposition falls asleep, we, we sneak a goal, which kind of how, how 
Chelsea got that penalty, did he? Uh, meanwhile, we just want to discuss what happened uh, on Friday, because I know you weren't here, Stevie, uh, to reflect on what happened in that game between Burnley and Luton. Looked like Burnley would be getting three points, bar that late goal, of course, that was given. Hugely controversial. JJ Watt, of course, is a minority-only owner in Burnley. This is what he had to say about the decision. I'm new to this ownership thing, so if I get fined by the Premier League, so be it. This is as blatant and obvious of a foul as you could have. To miss this on the field and miss this on VAR is truly disgraceful. Uh, Stevie, what do you think? Do you agree with Mr. Watt? Yeah, there are, there are some things that baffle you. And to be able to be able to re-watch something and not see the foul. I mean, that is incredible. I, I'm, I'm completely baffled. I, I really don't know what to say to you, Dan. Because yeah, I know that's why it's, 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 it's like it's, we can't debate it. I can't yeah. play devil's advocate in any way. It's understandable that during a game, a referee has a lot of things to look at. So you could kind of understand if there was no cameras, no VAR. Yeah. If there wasn't even any other officials, you could kind of understand. But the fact is, is there's a referee... There's a fourth official and there's two others, so there's four of them. Every one of them is mic'd up, and you've also got somebody sitting who can watch it ten times. And it's an easy one, isn't it? Like, it's I, not. I, that, 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 just, it, it doesn't seem possible that somebody could miss that. that that's my thing. I'm in total agreement with JJ Watt. Um, and as much as you could point at, at the VAR and, and rightly question that, there's absolutely no reason for the referee to be missing this in real time. This is as simple, as basic a call as you could hope for. For the referee to, to just dismiss this, I, I find worrying. And, and I might, again, my, my question to it is, are referees just allowing things in the hope that VAR intervenes? Right. As opposed to calling it, as I said, you, no top-level referee should be... No referee in any four divisions should be missing this call. None. Let's put aside VAR, let's put aside angles. Nobody should be missing this. So for it to happen at the highest level of the game, I'm, I'm, I'm a JJ Watt. It, it, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a joke. Uh, we get around in circles, and Frank obviously talked about it uh, yesterday. And moving away uh, from the Premier League, just a reminder, Carabao Cup action uh, to come later on in the month. Uh, Chelsea with a 1-0 deficit at Stamford Bridge, playing host to Middlesbrough. Fulham 2-1 down against Liverpool, of course, off that first leg. Uh, take on Liverpool. Those games, January 23rd, 24th on ESPN+. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Sunday, Manchester United against Spurs at Old Trafford. A really interesting tie, isn't it? Considering the form of both of these sides going into this clash. Let's take a look at everyone's predictions. So, Shaq has gone for a convincing Spurs win. So is Frank and Kay. Meanwhile, Ali, Steve and myself all gone 2-2. 
Uh, Ian on yesterday's show went for a 3-2 victory for Manchester United. Frank, what do you think it will be that will get Spurs over the line at Old Trafford? Well, because of the pace, the uh, the way they play, uh, in a way that they want to go for it, they're going to go high on the field, they're going to uh, put pressure on the, the Red Devils, and I don't see the Red Devils being as united, if I may say, uh, as they used to be. And uh, and they're going to struggle at some point, and they're going to concede goals. And um, I, I see Tottenham being better right now than Manchester United, from far, I would say. And therefore, Manchester United will try to get in control of the game, but they're going to be smashed uh, uh, on the counter-attack. And, uh, and because Tottenham is going to try to get the ball very high in the field and, uh, and, uh, and get all the possibilities they, they, they could have. And Postecoglou is an expert for that. And uh, I don't see United being able to cope with, uh, with that situation. We agree, Stevie. That's concerning. <laughs> yeah. For who? I'm who's who's more concerned? Could be getting the sacks. <laughs> Are we just getting carried away because it's Manchester United and we think that something's going to happen? Frank's just made me change my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Frank and my prediction. I, 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 I absolutely am with you, Dan. It, the, because Manchester United are at home, you always have to think they can they can they can win. But they've been. Horrible at home. Yeah. But then I look, I look at the two centre-backs for Tottenham and I just, I, there's no way they keep a clean sheet. That's why I've gone for 2-2. Two, two, because I don't, I don't think Man United can keep a clean sheet against Tottenham. And I certainly don't think Tottenham can keep a, keep a clean sheet against United. So that's why I've gone for 2-2. Two, two. I, I don't think you can trust either of these teams. Yeah. I don't think you can trust Tottenham defensively. But Man United at home have been really poor. That's why I'm going for a sit-on-the-fence 2-2 draw. Um, yeah, I, listen, I, I think this is, this is about Postecoglou and, and his man management. That, that, that's the only thing. Um, OK, Timo Werner is, is no direct replacement for Hume Minson. Um, but, again, I, I just feel that Postecoglou, the job that he's done, the identity that he's brought to Spurs... And, and I feel he's, he's the man manager that, that they need. He's the man manager that can get the best out of Timo Werner, even though you know he struggled at Chelsea, he struggled at, at, at Leipzig. The one thing he is is quick, and and I I I, I just feel that Postecoglou gets gets that right. We know what we're going to get from Spurs. The other side of that coin is we have absolutely no idea what we're going to get from Manchester United, even Manchester United at, at Old Trafford. So we'll see. It's been it's been. An up and down month for, for, for them as well. And, and I, I just feel Spurs are, are in a far better place. Uh, we'll, of course, be reflecting on that game, plus the Spanish Super Cup final between Real Madrid and Barcelona on the next edition of the show. Uh, be sure to join us. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
East Coast scored the only goal of the game as Real Betis would beat Granada by one goal to nil on Saturday. Manuel Pellegrini's side in the top 10 of La Liga still hunting a place in Europe next season. So East Coast fine season continues there with a the winner for Real Betis. It's a winner that puts them up into seventh in the table. Look where Athletic Club are. After their current run of form, they sit third. Level on points with Barcelona, of course, aren't involved in La Liga this weekend. They are in the Spanish Super Cup. But there are other La Liga ties and a big one for you tomorrow to wake up to. Almeria, bottom of the table, awful, taking on Girona. That's at 8 a.m. Eastern, followed by Cadiz against Valencia. Girona then with a chance to put a three-point gap between them and Real Madrid at the top of the table. For Real Madrid, of course, for now, their priorities are all about the Spanish Super Cup. They take on arch-rivals Barcelona. That game live on ESPN Plus and ABC. Coverage starts at 1.30 Eastern on Sunday. Speaking of Barcelona, look at this. Messi and Suarez back together, of course, after Suarez made that move from Brazil to MLS and into Miami. Sebastian Salazar caught up with the Uruguayan to talk about that switch. Luis, just finished up your first training session with Inter Miami. You're back with Lionel Messi. You're back with Sergio Busquets. You're back with Jordi Alba. How did it feel? Hi, so, so fine when... When you remember, so a lot of time we played together in in Barcelona. Is now we can see it's, it's a joking. We stay together again, uh, but we are so happy stay for the for the start to play here in in MLS. What are the expectations for Inter Miami this year? Do you feel a pressure like you have to win MLS Cup or you have to win the Coca Champions? No, the MLS, so the Inter de Miami, the the level is so high. Uh, they stay. Stay there high, so nice for us. Uh, we know the the all the team try, they will try to to win us because uh, we have a a lot of big players. But we know uh, what we can do in on the pitch. Uh, we know everything, and now we start to train and then learn how how is the the football here because I don't know. But uh, in the future we. I think we, we're so good. Uh, the bookies have into Miami as big favourites to win MLS uh, when it starts uh, later this year. Three to one. Uh, a lot more from what's going on in Miami. They're, they're, they're there at the moment. Oh, Be sure to check out the latest edition of Football Americas uh, on ESPN+. Plus. Meanwhile, first game in the African Cup of Nations. Ivory Coast taking on Guinea-Bissau. Four minutes into this one, that's as long as it would take for Ivory Coast to take the lead. Uh, Kessie would find Fafana. Oh, great goal. Oh, what a strike. Keeper absolutely no chance of getting anywhere close to this. Beautiful strike. Into the second half as well. Jean-Philippe Grasso, look at this. Flick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really nice. Questionable defending to start with, but then once the ball does find him, really good with both his first and second touches. Oh, that wasn't great, but this is. And this. And then falling finish, keeper just doesn't react quickly enough, easily beaten. Uh, Ivory Coast then kick off their campaign uh, with a 2-0 victory. Of course, it's not just the African Cup of Nations, but also the Asian Cup uh, that's going on at the moment. We saw Qatar beat Lebanon by three goals to nil. Meanwhile, Australia got it done with a 2-0 victory over India. Goal or so between China and Tajikistan and Uzbekistan and Syria. Meanwhile, in Italy today, Napoli back to winning ways, beating Salernitano by two goals to one. Hellas Verona with the same scoreline against Empoli. Goalless between Genoa and Torino, but Inter. Big statement from them, once again going to Monza and winning by five goals to one. Uh, Inter then are five points clear over Juventus. It's looking more and more, isn't it, like a two-horse race. Juventus in action tomorrow. And to reflect on everything that we saw in Italy this weekend, be sure to check out the latest edition of the Gab and Jules podcast, that drops on Monday. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, meanwhile, Shall let's talk about your old side, shall we? Sad scenes as their tie, the tie between Reading and Port Vale was suspended after fans came onto the pitch to pro- protest against the ownership. Uh, a lot of question marks the way the club has been run over recent months, Shaq. Yeah, uh, Dai Young, the, the Chinese owner, has, I'll, I'll be blunt, a disaster as an owner. Points deduction, transfer embargoes, things aren't getting any better with Reading sitting in the relegation places outside of League One. Let's remember that Reading will, not so long ago, a Premier League club. He has refused to sell. There have been a number of, of purchasers who've expressed an interest. Refused to sell and now, by all accounts, is looking into selling the training ground, which is one of the more valuable assets, one of the better training ground and academies in, 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 in English football, certainly lower league English football. He wants to sell that to developers. So right now, um, the club is trending in entirely the wrong direction on the field, and it's even worse off it. I, I'm not sure where a solution um, appears from or how the fans get back any kind of control around this football. It was interesting, the Port Vale fans were shaking hands with the Reading fans yeah. almost in sympathy because everyone can see from the outside looking in what a mess this is. It's been an absolute mess and, and that's, just, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Mm. I mean, they, they, they've had uh, a points deduction previously because he hadn't made payroll for the players. By all accounts, that nearly happened earlier this season. One of the major sponsors had to step up and, and, and put money forward in, in anticipation or in anticipation that they'd get paid back and in the hope that Reading would not get another points deduction. We see that they can't afford it mm. um, as it is. Um, and, and again, for, for an owner who earlier in the year said he was entertaining offers to, to, to sell, now he's not, it's, it's just gone from... from Bad to worse, in all honesty, and, and I really do not know where, where the end is. We'll be hoping a resolution can be made certainly sooner rather than later. Uh, thank you very much to Shaka and Stevie. Don't forget the Spanish Super Cup tomorrow live on ESPN Plus and ABC, but be sure to stay tuned as Extra Time with Old LaBeouf is next. Welcome into the latest edition of Extra Time. Thank you, as always, uh, for your questions. Uh, Stevie's here. Frank LaBeouf joins us uh, as well. Uh, but the internet's been asking one question, Shaq. What's up? Over the last few hours. Why the tongue? Why the tongue? Why the tongue? Do you know what this is in reference to? No. Uh, shall we see as to why the tongue? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um. These were some playing cards that were produced when you were playing. And yep. for some reason, whoever drew it decided that they needed to do this. My tongue, I, I, I never had my tongue out. I, I have absolutely <laughs> no idea. I really do. Have you know. seen that before when it came yeah, out? I, yeah, I, I saw that. I've done but, the rounds, yeah, that's, yeah. Me, that's my Newcastle days. That's how I'm yeah. with that. Yeah, most definitely. I, uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know that. Which is interesting because when Stevie's thinking, he sticks his tongue out. Is that right? Don't you? Uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but there, in all seriousness, there are plenty of photos of you playing for Liverpool with your tongue out. The, uh, again, somebody, somebody, in their wisdom, it wasn't Panini, but it was one of the bigger companies. Right. Were putting out pictures of all the Liverpool players. Yes. And the one they put out of me, I mean, you talk about sticking your tongue out. I am, I am talking. My tongue was down at my navel. <laughs> And you're like, what? Really? That's the only picture you can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, 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 you produce your tongue as well, Frank. When you're thinking, yeah. Oh yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. Every time I make, uh, I have to make an effort. You know, I have to put my tongue out. And uh, but also when when I. I'm with my dog or my cat, you know, and I pet them. Uh, I pet them. I, 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 have, I have because it's, it's, it's to be precise, in fact. Uh, like that. Oh, no! 
no. Don't ever do that again, Frank. I'm sorry I, if you're I, eating. I, but I bite uh, my bottom lip. The bottom. Okay. <laughs> oh, not in like a yeah. not an essential way, just in a general way. I, I, I have absolutely no idea how you do that in a central way. <laughs> oh, you way, do, don't you? I'm you're really like a, interested. Yeah, no, I don't think I'm going to demonstrate that now. Uh, but I'm definitely right. Anyway. Uh, to <laughs> wow. Uh, to all three, it's minus five degrees Fahrenheit here, which is what, like, a lot minus Celsius right. I'm working on that. In Denver, Colorado, what's the coldest game you've had to play in? Ooh. Frank? Ooh. Uh, definitely in Strasbourg. Uh, even at the time, we didn't have the heated uh, field, so it was completely frozen. Um, and uh, we had to play and uh, yeah, most of the time January um, when we play at home, it was completely frozen and it was like, I think was the most was minus 10. Right. So th the worst is, um, the worst is when you come back from this, the, the dressing room at this, uh, uh, after halftime because you, you got warm and you go back there just with uh, the t-shirt. The I remember um, feeling that uh, I was, uh, uh, how do you say, knocking my teeth. Yeah, chattering, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was crazy. That was crazy. I was so cold. Um, I broke one, one finger here. Uh, I pushed the, the striker because he was about to, to step on my, on my toes. And I pushed him. And I realized 10 minutes after that my finger was completely dislocated. So I put it back. But because it was frozen, I couldn't feel anything. It's only when I came back to the dressing room, it got warm. I had my, my heart in it all night long. That was wow. crazy. That was insane. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Shank? Uh, not, not that cool. I, well, it doesn't get as cold as that in England. And then again, we, so we when we played this before, under soil heating. So right. It drops a certain level. You're not going to play. They're not going to play. And then, and then too, of course, the roads get treacherous and fans become a, become a concern. So, not not in pure temperature terms, never that cold. Um, my second season here at, in, in MLS, though, um, and, and not, a, not a temperature was that cold. So it was early March, our first game we go and we play out in LA, and then our second game we fly into New York. Um, and a new a nor'easter blows in. Right. So it's not so much that it was in pure temperature terms it was that cold. It's just that we come from the warmth into the cold, and nor'easter blows in, and um, the Red Bull goalkeeper and our centre back had to come off half time with hypothermia. Blooming egg. Yeah. Why would you play these games? I don't know. Wow. I have absolutely no idea. Well, the ball freezes as well. Right. When I was coaching the Revs, we played the opening game of the season was in New York, and the. <laughs> the ball came out of play and I went to get it. The ball was frozen. I mean, it was ridiculous. <laughs> it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Honestly. What about as a player, Stevie? Does somewhere stand out? The only one I would say as a player was in, in, in the old East Germany before the right before the wall came down. We played in a, in a we played the game and basically it was snow apart from the lines. Okay, yeah. So they actually, you could see the lines, but there was still like three inches of snow. <laughs> <laughs> but we weren't, we weren't coming back some other time. Right. To East Germany. Yeah. So we ended up playing the game, but boy, I tell you what, it was freezing. Wow. Um, for all, is Kevin De Bruyne the closest player to Messi in terms of vision, reading of the game and passing from the current generation? Is he in your top three Premier League midfielders of all time? Whew, that's a conversation. Oh. I, I don't know if there's a better pass of the ball in the game right now than, than Kevin De Bruyne. At, at this peak, I don't know if he's still in the game, but you, you get my point. Um, top three midfielders all time. He, he say, that's a tough ask of the bat. You said in the conversation, um, but difficult to say without you uh, let me know beforehand. All right, so it's my fault. Yes. Oh, good, please. Okay, Frank? Uh, well, is is for me um, in in terms of seeing the game. I would say that he's even better than Messi. Uh, Messi was capable of doing something special, but uh, in long ranges, I never saw Messi giving like a 30-yard passes to somebody uh, or, or in the air. It was most like feeling the thing in a 16-yard box and delivering something special. But uh, uh, De Bruyne is definitely the best for me on the top three. Um, well, you have to put Beckham 
because uh, I, I always thought that Beckham in terms of uh, passes, crosses was on the, one of the top of the top. Um, and um, um, I think about Zola, of course, because Gianfranco was delivering also very good assists. Um, and from my generation, they are, that's, that's, they are those players that were absolutely uh, spot on in terms of, uh, of good passing. The Messi fans are going to be coming for you, Frank. You're exactly in trouble now. No, 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 because it's... Well, it's no, but comparing... No, no. But, but the problem is, I'm going to make Messi. the headline. Leboeuf says De Bruyne are better oh, than Messi. And they're going to, and they're going to send all, yeah. all Messi's long passes to you. That's it. Every long Every pass, long pass Messi's made in his entire yeah. career going to get sent He's going to send a video to me. Paul Scholes is up there. Paul Scholes in that conversation. I'm adding to Frank's list. Yes. Yeah. No, he's a completely different player to Messi. Right, Frank. The, the Frank's point is absolutely spot on. Messi doesn't play 35-yard passes. No, no, there's more, more so, videos. So, oh, yeah, my God. Completely different. And to Steve, but, yeah, Kevin De, Bruyne, Kevin De Bruyne delivering a ball from the middle of the park into the box is as good as anybody has ever done it. You yeah. talk about football brain. Football yeah. intelligence, Stevie. Well, that, that sort of stuff you can't teach. You know, no. you're, you're De Bruyne and, and the, those sort of players are born with that. They see things that, that can I, the can majority I... of players just don't see. Yeah. Uh, that, that's why a lot of players won't play a pass because they can't see it. Right. It's not that they don't have the ability; they just don't see it. He, he's, he's out up there with being able to see where the where the best the best player is, where the where the space is. I mean, you're figuring out as well who you're playing the ball to. You know, he knows Oscar Bob's got the pace to get in behind there and get it. Right. Otherwise, he doesn't play it. So, yeah, he's as, he's as good as Emden. Frank, did you want to add something, my dear? Yeah, something maybe two players in different generations were capable of delivering passes, assists like De Bruyne does. For me, it's Michel Platini and maybe Glenn Hoddle. That were, they were the players that uh, one I, I saw playing and the other one I played against when he was in Monaco, Glenn Hoddle. I mean, that guy was amazing. Uh, what he was able to do, I didn't follow his whole career, but uh, in terms of technique, of vision, of seeing the, the, um, something that not a normal person can see, I think, yeah, Glenn Odell and, uh, and of course, Michel Platini was maybe as good as uh, De Bruyne. Stevie, in a real life, oh, sorry, how has Belgium and the golden generation failed to win anything with Kevin De Bruyne in their team? <laughs> well, because you need more than one one player. Exactly. No, but history will look back, won't they? Look at uh, Kevin De Bruyne, Eden Hazard, Lukaku in his prime. Didn't produce. No. You know, it's the bottom line. The the ability was there with that whole generation, but the but the mentality wasn't. You know, you need to marry, the two need to come together at, 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 at that particular time, every four years. And when that, if they collide, then you end up getting the best, but it just never happened for them. Stevie, in a real life Ted Lasso situation, but with a proper first team football staff, could a Hall of Famer like Bill Belichick or Greg Popovich have success in football? How much of management is being a leader and motivator and how much is tactics? <laughs> no, that's, that's, in the movies that works. Right. It doesn't work in real life. Again, the, the theory and the practical mm. don't, don't, don't match up. You know, Clive Woodward? So Clive Woodward, yeah, who, Clive won, Woodward, who, who, who won England the World Cup in rugby. Was the mastermind behind England winning the World Cup yes. in rugby. Yeah. And, and Southampton thought that he could do exactly what that question is mm -hmm. and failed miserably yeah. had no idea because no one was on board with it well, like, apart from the chairman Rupert Lowe was on board but he came in the players didn't respect it Harry Redknapp definitely didn't respect it no. no I mean one of his one of his pet peeves as well was is that players only train for an hour and a half to two hours a yeah day. yeah he wanted them to train he wanted, more. To, train, he wanted yeah. to train all day every day yes I mean it, it just there, there are things that just do not work and, and no, no, it wasn't movies. To that point, nobody would ask can see Alex Ferguson manage an NFL team. Right. Nobody would. No. Yeah. You know, for, the, for the exact same reason. Okay. Secondly, I like that with the handle, taller than Dan. 
Right. That's, well, that's uh, most people. That's okay. Yes. I, I appreciate, you know, <laughs> you, set, you, set, you set your bar a little low. Rich, large proportion of the... Rich, you uh, set your bar low, but I appreciate that you have goals in life. Frank, as a man who's gone into a different career, is the fact that you were a former World Cup winner been an advantage or disadvantage going into acting? Well, in France, it's a disadvantage because, you know, you they want you to stay in the same position because it's disturbing for the people to say, well, Leboeuf is an actor now. No, oh, no, come on, you know, just stay in football. People don't like that. They, we can see sometimes bitterness, kind of jealousy, and people don't know what you've done. He said, well, he wants to be an actor like that, just after football. No, I follow courses for two years in Los Angeles, but people don't know that. So they judge you before. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a real problem in France. It's not a problem in the United States. You can be a, a bodybuilder, then, a, then a, a, a movie star, then after a governor. And I'm talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's possible. In France, it's almost impossible. Stevie, if you were on a desert island, who would you rather be with, Shaka or Dan? Shaka. <laughs> Shaka. Shaka. Yesterday, today. Yes. <laughs> if you were sharing a room during a snowstorm. <laughs> See, I would, that would be Dan. Oi, oi, oi. I think Dan and I would last longer than me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so many questions. I think, I think we need those answers. No, I, don't, I, don't, I do not want the answers. I don't. Uh, Frank, will letting Cole Palmer go be the biggest mistake by Pep at Manchester City? Uh, yes, yes, I already said that. I think, yeah, I don't understand why he allowed him to leave Manchester City because of the talent that he has. Of course, you can say that Foden, uh, uh, Bernardo Silva are the players left-footed who can uh, resolve all the problems that Palmer is is resolving for Chelsea. But I think it's uh, he's a young player. He could have he could have brought something special to uh, to Manchester City. It might be a mistake. The future will say if uh, if yes or no. But so far Palmer is doing great. Uh, he's the best player of Chelsea from far. Is uh, maybe the only one who has the level of, uh, of what Chelsea is supposed to be. Final question is for Stephen Nichol. If Sancho does really well at Borussia Dortmund, should Manchester United sell him or should they keep him and give him another chance? What was that, Jan? I was, I was, no, I don't want to um, prejudice Steve's answer. Go ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think if a new manager comes in, right? Then and he produces. Then you give him another chance. And would you like to show Stevie what you did? I did this. That was sell him. Yeah. Get yeah, rid. I'd get rid of him. Get rid of him. Well, you're not. Put your tongue out when you do it. See, the problem is, <laughs> the problem is, it's not quite straightforward because the amount of money he's on means yeah. otherwise. Oh. So. Sensible, sensible answer from Steve. Well, no, that's, that's what we expect. I've quickly realised Steve is the, often the voice of reason around here. Yes. Oh, there we go. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Not often you're right, but you're right again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's it. We're done. Thank you very much to uh, Frank. Thanks to Shaka and to Stevie. Oh, oh, hey, oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> oh Shaka. That's not nice. Hello. <laughs> Uh, we are a big day tomorrow. Manchester United Spurs Spanish Super Cup final will be bringing you everything you need to know on the next edition of the show. Be sure to be with us.